Hey guys, I'm Rick. And I'm Dean. And this is Rated. Uh, welcome to baby. Yes, very excited about the uh, second episode we have for you guys. It's going to be a little more structured than uh, episode one. Going to be a little different, um, but for the most mm. part the same. Um, and that's a big thank you uh, to our friends, our family, and our listeners for the feedback and the constructive criticism that they've given us after listening to our first episode. Um, they've all been very helpful, and uh, it, it really means a lot. And I want to give a big thank you, too, for the listeners who listened to episode one and are back for episode two. Uh, again, we really appreciate it, and um, we hope this episode is better than the previous one, and we hope that the next one's even better than this. Oh, absolutely. And uh, welcome back, humble listener. Um, I know that the last, the first time that we uploaded, now, of course, um, uh, Rick, th- this is a kind of uh, going, it plays into our um, time, I guess, that we have mm-hmm. um, for things. But the editing job, um, we're, we have to get the producers uh, on it a little bit better than that. So we actually, re- the audio that we released originally was not up to the rated podcast standards that we usually like to have. I was listening the next day. It was hard to hear. Um, there was a lot of like static and um, some snafus with uh, generally the audio. So um, that problem is remedies now. So this episode will be nice and smooth. And if not, you could reach out to us. We are in the process of setting up our social medias. So we will um, end up getting that out to you. And then you can just let us know any um, but like Rick was saying, feedback is so important. Uh, we rely on you, the listener. So let us know what you like, what you don't. And if you can't hear us, definitely let us know. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks guys. Cause yeah, we do really appreciate it. And we're just starting out again. This is episode two and we're working very hard to be, uh, as good as we can be with audio content and everything. Um, mm-hmm. so with that said, we're going to, we're going to get into it. Um, we're going to lead off with the questions that we ended in uh, episode one. I think that's what we're going to try to do is we're going to try and leave every episode with a a question for you guys to ponder, think about, and uh, give us your thoughts on. And we're going to start the next episode uh, with our our own thoughts and reactions. And Dean, what we talked about at the end of the first Mm -hmm. episode is um, the worst movies, TV shows, and video games that we've played or seen um, the worst movie I've, I've ever seen, I actually just saw this past week, but if you want to start off, man, the floor is yours. Sure. So I, the one that jumps to mind when I, when I really think, um, you know, this is so bad, like I should definitely remove myself from this situation. Um, and, and that comes up with, it's a movie from 1974. I actually am realizing that I may have seen a remake of it, but the movie is called It's Alive. And it's about a killer baby. Do, do I really need yeah. to go into it? It's literally about a homicidal baby. It, it's horrible. It's and, and I get it. And, you know, we're, we're going to sound like, like a bunch of uh, haters right now. And, uh, of course, realize that, mm-hmm. you know, everyone likes their, their specific genres. Like, for example, if you don't like scary movies, you may say that, you know, um, whatever the, the Chucky movie is might be the worst movie ever. Uh, Child's Play. Because you see mm-hmm. like a killer doll, and that's ridiculous. But you know, as someone who appreciates all types of genres, this was a horror movie or a faux horror movie, and mm-hmm. it was about a, a killer baby, and that was horrible and ridiculous. And of course, I believe the original one was in 1974. So um, you know, watching it in 2019, it is uh, very grainy and uh, just not up to 
the standards that I typically like to watch. Um, surprisingly, Rick, though, it got good reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. I, I believe it's seventy five percent. I wow. just really don't see it. I wanted to remove myself from the situation, but that's definitely one of the worst movies that I could think of. That that sounds that sounds terrible, actually. Uh, although it does almost seem like it's one of those movies that could potentially be so bad that you get some sort of enjoyment out of it. But <laughs> a homicidal baby just sounds like a, a horrible idea to start with. For the, the mm-hmm. worst movie I've ever seen, I just saw it this past week. I sent you a text about it and I uh, said, we need to discuss this. It was mm-hmm. the mortal, the mortal instruments, city of bones. Now this, <laughs> this, this, this movie came out in like 2013, maybe give or take. And it is based off uh, a book series. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, it's got like, you know, like vampires and werewolves and stuff. And I guess this is kind of like coming off the tail of like Twilight and stuff. So they were trying to ride that vampire wave. And um, the the person that I had watched this movie with uh, watched the show. There's also a, a show based off this series. Mm-hmm. And uh, the show actually came after the movie. I guess they were like, the movie is so bad, but it would really make sense as a show. So, this per- so the person I watched with really liked the show. And she's like, I really want to watch the movie. I like the show. Let's check it out. And I'm like, all right, you know, beforehand I Google it. I check out the reviews and I'm like, oh no, this is, this is going to be a nightmare. (laughs) This is going to be a nightmare. So I watch and it is so bad. It's so difficult to watch. And like, there's like big name actors and actresses in it. Like Lena Headey from uh, uh, Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. Um, She's in it. Like, but she's not, she's merely in it. She doesn't really talk, but there's okay. like there's cheesy vampires, cheesy werewolves. The story is garbage. There's actually one point where the main female character and her love interest mm-hmm. um, eventually find out that they are brother and sister. Oh my god! <laughs> yes, it's like a, like a Luke and Leia type thing. So yeah. they actually find out they're brother and sister. And what is absolutely freaking hilarious is that like they're they're still kind of like. Well, I mean, it it can't be true, right? Like, you know, they're they're both like shocked at their brother and sister, mm-hmm. and they kind of are just like ah, they're they're telling each other, "I don't believe it. it there's no way." So they they mm-hmm. kind of like end off leaving the movie, like implying that they're gonna have this like incestual <laughs> relationship <laughs> as, as like the two of them like ride off together on like his motorcycle into the sunset. It is it's it's awful. Like the 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 CGI, the characters are garbage. The, the dialogue is terrible. If um, if you guys are ever in a mood where you like you hate yourself, but you don't want to like inflict physical harm on your on yourself, watch the Mortal Instruments City of Bones. Absolute absolute nightmare. Wow, that that does sound really horrible. Um, you know, it, it, it's it's so funny because um, sometimes when you when you go and crack open or at least like. Um, I know that when I was younger, I used to watch a lot of the free movies on demand. And I would always think, you know, how bad could it possibly be? And just watching a, a really bad movie, it, it, it's almost like I take it personally. Like, this yes. not only did I choose this, but like it wasted my time, my life. And those are hours that I, I'm never going to get back. So th- that is definitely one that I will stay away from. And Rick, I got another t- little tiny bonus one for you. I actually couldn't think of the name and uh, got the... Got, some stat crunching going on. So it's a movie actually called Green Inferno. I saw it in the movie theater. 
So this kind of added to it um, uh, my my hatred of it. So basically what it is is it, it's a college student, horrible acting across the board, by the way. Everyone in it just, you know, it was their first day on set, it looked like. So they did the whole movie in one take. But basically, Rick, the gist of it is um, they go on like a humanitarian mission in South America and um, basically plane, I think the plane crashes. It was something stupid like that. Either they jumped out of the plane with like parachutes just to get like thrill seek i'm not even joking the movie didn't make sense so anyway they they end up deserted in south america and um they are taken in by a tribe that turns out to be cannibals and then um rick i believe we discussed it on the first episode or maybe just in passing if it wasn't on the on the episode um they it turned into hostile pretty much the movie where um, they just kind of butcher people on screen. So not only was it a horrible setup and premise, but then it was over the top gory and disgusting. And um, yeah, that was definitely one that made me want to leave the theater. And honestly, guys, it's just for someone who has a movie and show and game podcast, I don't go to the movies very often. And this was one of the few movies I saw in theaters, and it was terrible. So Green Inferno, if anyone mentions it to you, definitely don't watch. Yeah, yeah, I actually, I think it came out like a year or two ago. And I remember mm-hmm. this was one of like the this is like the cheapest option on Fantasy Movie League. This was uh, oh yeah, this was like the movie you would use just to like fill out the rest of your cinema, just so you didn't get like uh, penalized. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I think I remember telling you this. I had Movie Pass uh, back when it like worked, and they didn't like you know make you pay for just a piece of plastic where you couldn't go to the movies. And I would see, I'd see like every and any movie, like even the stuff I didn't inter- have interest in just because it would be free. I didn't see Green Inferno. I was like, I can't, I can't bring myself to watch this. And now I'm, oh, I'm so happy I didn't be, <laughs> just because I'm hearing, hearing what you have to say about it. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was horrible. And it looks like uh, Rotten Tomatoes agrees with me. And of course, they're not the end all be all. Got a 37%. <laughs> that, yeah, it's terrible. Um, <laughs> now, for, for worst TV show, this this mm-hmm. was a little uh, difficult for me to think of because um, oftentimes, like if a TV show is that bad, you don't really watch any more than an episode or two. You kind of just turn it off. Oh, yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So, but the worst TV show, at least off the top of my head, that I can think of, and this might <laughs> this come as surprises people think I watch this. I can explain myself. Um, the worst TV show I've ever seen is Dance Moms. <laughs> okay, I'm not, I'm not familiar. <laughs> it is it is Dance Moms. I think it was on. Oh, geez, maybe maybe TLC. I I, I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Basically, Dance Moms. It's just like um, it's a show about like a like a dance company, uh, where okay. like this this bitch of a woman like teaches these <laughs> you know. 12 and like 13 year old girls or whatever, you know, to be these fantastic dancers. Mm. It's this, this world renowned like dance Academy that they, that they're teaching at actually um, the little girl who does the dances in the Sia music videos. Uh uh, She went to this Academy on dance moms. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. That's where she's from. Um, but it's just so, I, I watched this with, um, my cousin who is big into like dance or at least used to be, she would like mm. take dance classes and stuff. So this would be something that we would watch. I, I would watch with her to pass time. Honestly, it was terrible. Okay. And it's just these like bitchy, miserable women who are like 
yelling at each other and backstabbing each other and like yelling at like the teachers, like my daughter's the best. She's the greatest ever. Why mm-hmm. isn't she front row and center? Like, you know, it's very similar to anyone who's played like youth sports where everyone's dad yeah. thinks their kid is the best, you know, player in the world. Like they're all the next Derek Jeter or something. Oh, so, yeah. so they're all just like these miserable bitches of women <laughs> who just who just go on and are like my daughter is so good she's so amazing you, you don't know anything about dance even though you're a dance teacher you don't know anything because you suck and my daughter should, should be on broadway <laughs> wow yeah and rick um maybe a dumb question but it, that's a reality show right yes yeah it is it's okay. absolutely a reality show yeah so, so honestly, I really think that some of these like real backwoods, like B list, like quote unquote reality shows, because I have my I have my takes about some overproducing when it comes to reality shows. But some of these people, they're just horrible people to begin with, like you were saying. And then you shove a camera in their face, and they're like, "I want to be a star out of this, whether I'm the the villain or you know what what have you." And I'm sure some of them are just way too selfish that they just truly want their daughters to be you know, the best dancers that they could be. But yeah, typically any reality show that I could think of is definitely up there, um, mainly because you could see how campy and not real this reality show is. Very funny. Yeah, a lot of of reality shows, uh, (laughs) most probably in fact are just garbage, but this one was (laughs) like, like a lot of them, like you could like watch like Real Housewives and it's like a train wreck Mm -hmm. and like people love it. And I could, I mean, I don't, I don't watch it, but I can see the appeal you know, like yeah. people are, you know, flipping tables and like husbands are going to jail and, and things like that. Like I, I, I see the appeal. Uh, it's like a, it's the beautiful train wreck that you, yeah, you want to look exactly. at. Exactly. Like Real Housewives, uh, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. This th- there's no appeal. It's just like if I if I were to go to like my local uh, dance school and just watch the moms sit on the side and bitch at each other. It's It's, <laughs> it's so bad. Oh, yeah. And you know what's funny, uh, Rick? I kind of wish that I had a worse movie, uh, or not movie. I wish I wish I had a, a truly bad show. Um, mm-hmm. I think that my the worst show I've ever seen, and in so facto, my least favorite show I've ever seen. Um, it's actually very critically acclaimed, and it it may be the longest running show like ever. Uh, don't quote me on that. But I'm actually going to go with Doctor Who. Have you ever seen any parts of it? It's very popular. I do know that. And honestly, guys, I think naturally, I think I'm turning into the heel of this podcast. Um, I'm not a huge hater, I swear. But this was one, and I kind of threw out the disclaimer of, you know, everyone likes different things. And this is one that just is so far away from things that I like and things that I look at, uh, look for in a show um, that I think I watched like three or four episodes. I remember, you you know, you just had said, that, you know, if you hate a show, you probably won't watch a lot of it. I haven't seen a lot of it, so I will say that. But just, it was so over the top, like, horrible, like, it, I can't even call it CGI. I want to say, like, the there were guys in, like, literal robot costumes. It was so corny and horrible. Um, I, I guess I get the story. The story's kind of cool, I guess, if you, if you really could get past all the, the shit. <laughs> but that's, well, that's what it was for me. It was shit. <laughs> so, um <laughs> Honestly, if you guys hate me, uh, don't worry. I'll be, we'll be setting up those those um, social media pages so you could, uh, you know, give your feedback on, on those. But Doctor Who, worst show I've ever seen. Well, uh, I, I'm, I, I don't think I'm the heel of the show. You definitely are the heel of the show. Um, <laughs> but I, I might have to take a little bit of a heel turn just for this segment because if you want to tag me in right now um, – <laughs> 
I I did watch uh, a couple episodes of Doctor Who um, mm-hmm. myself because, like, I, I, we talked about this in, in our previous episode. I like sci-fi. I like mm-hmm. aliens and fantasy and, you know, things like that. So I'm like, let me, let me give Doctor Who a shot. Yeah. And I am with you. It's so cheesy and so <laughs> corny. Like you're right. right. You're right. Like it's, it's not CGI. Like it's like, it's like giant puppets and like, and mm-hmm. like dudes in like high school theater costumes. Like if you like told like your local high school to like make a costume for a TV show, like that's what they would wear. It's so just like, it's cringe worthy. Yep. Um, like cheesiness and like, I love the idea of like the doctor, like the character, how he's like, yeah. he can be like different people. And like, again, mm-hmm. I'm with you. I think I've seen maybe like four episodes. So I'm not, I'm not an expert <laughs> the on this. Is pretty cool. Yeah. I, I the idea is it, it is good. I, I, I do love the, the character and like the story, but the execution is such dog shit. It, it, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's unbelievable. Like I, I've seen, I think like three episodes and I'm with you. Like I so badly wanted this to work and it just, it didn't for me. And like, it, you're right. This show is wildly mm-hmm. popular. The following they have is, is super strong. Oh yeah. Um, I think one of the things too, while I didn't like it and I think for the most part, I don't know if you're with me on this. I don't really like British TV shows. Yep, that's it. That's what I was gonna say too, but I didn't know how to like frame it so that it wouldn't sound like, uh, so I wouldn't sound like a complete jerk. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, exactly. It was it was very British. Um, even some accents are, uh, you know, I, I'm a simple guy. Like I like to hear, I like to understand what I'm hearing. And sometimes mm-hmm. when an accent is very thick, I have to almost like work for it to uh, like try to decipher, and then w- that changes my viewership. I'm watching very intently. But yeah, it was very British. Yeah, yeah, and and there. Are- I don't know if we have any British listeners <laughs> right now. We probably don't, but if we eventually do and they listen yeah. to this, um, there are British shows that I do like, you know, just like black mirror. We, we were talking about black, black mirror. mirror is good. Show. I'm actually a big fan of uh, Luther uh, with uh, Idris Elba. I don't know if anybody's ever watched that. I like hmm. that. Um, so there are British shows that I like, but I think doctor who is so overly British, you know, it's, it, it's just was too much. <laughs> But um, oh, definitely. So one of the more difficult things for me to think about, at least for this segment, was the worst video games we've ever played. Yeah. Um. This was. This kinda, was go ahead. So yeah, kind of similar to um, TV shows, where if you don't like it, you probably won't play it anymore. But Rick, um, has has there ever been a game that you just kind of stuck it out with? Uh, actually, if you if you allow me to continue. Jumping in, uh, let, let, let me give you an example of mine, right? Mm-hmm. So th- this might be hard to explain if you've never played it, but I'm actually going to go with a game within a game. Okay. So, and that, of course, is Madden's aspect this year of Ultimate Team. And Ultimate Team is basically what it, it – rather than having like a classical game mode, like a franchise or um, a play now where you're just you know, playing football, this is a lot more – managerial i would say there are um you know coins and you could buy packs and um you do challenges and get rewards for it and then you build a team based on that and that's actually a really fun concept i've been playing 
consistently since 2018. And the reason why this year's was the worst game I've ever played Mm -hmm. is that we live in an age of microtransactions. For for those who aren't big gamers on the spot, maybe you're just here for the TV and movies, but in video games now that everything's connected to the internet, there the companies have started doing where if you have your credit card linked, you could pay a little bit of extra money to get different add-ons in the game. And the example that I'm that I'm going to use for this one, and this is why it was so bad, is that this game legitimately didn't work, but the store always worked. If that may, if you catch my drift, oh, so no. it honestly just felt like a big uh, swindle. Yeah, that EA, the Electronic Arts, the the game manufacturer mm-hmm. that. Um, you know, does Madden the the fact that they had so many microtransactions and they really required players to um, pay to basically have a usable game? Um, it really rubbed me the wrong way. And um, every it's very interactive. So on on Reddit and on Twitter, they kind of tell everyone when something's going to be released, a new promotion with a new set of um, cards. That's how people obtain players. And they were just so late on everything. Um, servers rarely worked, but. Somehow, some way, you could always log in and give them your real money in order to play this game. So, um, you know, throughout the life of this of the show, you're going to hear that we're very anti pay to play. I would say. I mean, I already bought the game; it was sixty bucks. Mm-hmm. Let me just play the whole thing. But um, this one was a kind of my first run in with a really bad pay to play experience. So, Madden Twenty Ultimate Team. It's an aspect of Madden that is my least favorite, worst game, least favorite game. However, you want to say it. That's my game, Rick. What about you? Are, I know that you're a big gamer. I know you, you probably have a lot to choose from. What do you got for us? Um, you know, I'm I'm with you in that it's the, similar to a TV show where you if you play a game for a little bit and you don't like it, you're not really going to continue with it. And also, I think with, with video games, a lot of us kind of stick to what we know and what we like. Like you and I, we both like we get like Madden FIFA every year. Mm-hmm. Like, we like that stuff. Um, so my my worst game that I've ever played, it's um, probably a game that none of our listeners have ever played or even know anyone that has ever played. And I don't even know if they still do the Xbox Arcade, but if you remember with mm-hmm. Xbox 360, they'd, they'd mm-hmm. have their selection of free arcade games that you could download. Okay. So a lot of times I would just download like 10 or 20 different arcade games that were free and just play them. And you know, they're free if they're, if they're good or whatever, yeah, I'll keep them around. And we have our one friend, John, who I did this with one day and Hmm. we're, we're downloading a bunch of arcade games. Uh, Actually like shark attack Deathmatch was one of these Mm -hmm. free games that we actually really enjoyed. What a Um, gem. Yeah. Gem. And so John and I download a game called Don't Die Dateless Dummy. And hmm. it is it's very similar to something like you could maybe play on mobile in uh in that it's like got like anime characters or like it's, okay. it's, I'm trying to figure out a way to explain it. It has like, you know, the cute huge chested girls do you know what i'm talking about yeah <laughs> like there's that you're like you're supposed to as like the main character or player be like infatuated with mm-hmm. so basically you are the main character who is like a loser and like is in like his senior year of high school and he's never touched a woman 
and he has like <laughs> has like no friends and um you're like trying your best to go on a date with a girl like that's, that's like the, the the gist of the game mm-hmm. so all these like gorgeous like anime girls are like coming up to you and you have to like pick the right dialogue to say to oh them. yeah yeah so that you can like go on and like pick them up and like make them your girlfriend so <laughs> I, I don't remember exactly what the dialogue was it's been probably like uh-huh. ten, 10 years since i've played it obviously it's not worth playing again this is the worst game i've ever played but they'll they'll come up to you and they'll 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 talk to you and you got to respond and say all the right things mm-hmm. and um hopefully by the end of the game you get a girlfriend now yeah. there comes a point in in the game um and i'm playing it with john and we're discussing what responses or things we want to do mm-hmm. and it's it's nighttime and you're like you're getting ready for bed and the the question is um what do you want to do right before you go to bed and the mm-hmm. options are like go to the bathroom have a snack and like go on your computer. Okay. And, and John and I are both like, well, you know, we, you know, look at our phone or go on the computer while we're like in bed or whatever. So let's, let's pick that. Let's go on, like go on the computer. Uh And then like this giant, like dialogue comes up in the, on the screen with this like wizard. And like, it, it just runs off like the dialogue of like the rest of your life. And they're basically like, you spend the rest of your life getting lost in the internet, spending spending your days doing nothing, never talking to girls and watching stupid videos. You reach the age of 30, never having been with a girl, and therefore you become (laughs) a wizard and die. Oh, man. So so it seems like like this this whole horrible game kind of got boiled down to one final choice. And uh, you obviously like lost it. Wow, that's that sounds uh, really cheap and lazy. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, it's awful. I mean, we'll we'll post like a a, mm-hmm. a link of like a, a video or something of the game on a, on our on our Twitter. Maybe but, like um, a screenshot or something. <laughs> yeah, but basically, yeah. Don't go on the computer before you go to bed, or you'll if you haven't yet touched a woman. <laughs> going to stay that way. <laughs> any 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 virgin listeners out there, if you've never touched a woman, don't go on your computer because then you will hit the age of thirty, become a wizard, and then you'll die. <laughs> That's right. You heard it here first on the Rated Pod. So, Rick, we did a good job uh, recapping uh, kind of the worst of the worst of things that we've subjected ourselves through the years of um, you know being media consumers. But you know, lucky for you, listener, you have the Rated Pod, so you won't ever have to watch something that's uh, unbearable. Um, so without further ado, uh, we're going to talk about a couple movies that are really popular and new on Netflix. Um, these all look like they could be theatrical releases, like in a movie theater, and they're straight to your um, you know, your home Netflix or your smart TV, your Xbox, whatever you watch it on. So, um, Rick, do you want to tee us off there? Okay, yeah. The, the first uh, movie we're going to be reviewing is The Irishman, and we know this has been wildly popular. There's a lot of um, Oscar talk surrounding this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure if anyone out there listening hasn't seen it, you definitely know more than one person who has. You've definitely oh, yeah. heard people talking about this. Um, I have some very strong opinions about this movie. Okay. Um, I know so- a lot of people are very high on it. This is something that has gotten very high praise. Mm-hmm. Um. 
and I feel a little bit differently. Yeah, Rick, that, that, that's so funny that you mentioned that. It, I was pretty excited about it. I, I don't know how you are with mobster movies, but I actually read the book of The Godfather. Love those movies. Um, watch, you know, all the mov- movies for The Godfather. Love Goodfellas. Um, love Scarface even. That's not really a mob movie, but still a good movie. Um, and they're classic and timeless. And knowing that it's uh, Martin Scorchese, uh, I can never say his name right. So just we're just going to bleep that part out. But anyway, okay. um, uh, I even like some some good movies that that I've seen that are like relatively new, like The Departed was a, a fantastic movie. Mm-hmm. Um, th- things like that. So I was watching it. I was like De Niro, Al Pacino, like Joe Pesci. Wow, this is going to be really cool. So I throw it on and I notice the runtime. First and foremost, it was mm-hmm. about three hours and thirty five minutes. Now, this may sound weird, but I am actually a fan of long movies. I really like it. If if you could immerse me in the world of it, I don't want the movie to ever end. Um, one example that comes to mind is when I was watching The Dark Knight for the first time. I checked my phone just because I didn't want the movie to end. I was like, oh, man, there's only a half hour left. That sucks. Like, I really want this to continue on. So some long movies, I actually give that a big check mark. But there's a way to do a long movie, and there's a way not to do a long movie. And I feel the way to do a long movie is you know, to have very impactful scenes, but to kind of move it along. And I feel like The Irishman's runtime was due to... There were some scenes that didn't really matter, and rather than it, you know, being two minutes and not mattering, it was like ten minutes and not mattering. So, and I have a, a myriad of examples for you, but uh, I don't want to spoil the movie per se. But that that was one thing that I noticed is, you know, it was long and it felt long. That's very important. So um, that that's what I think about the runtime aspect of it. And there, there certainly were some things that could have definitely been cut out. Uh, Rick, I think I'm going to steal this uh, straight from you. But this is the one thing that was so noticeable for me of the movie is that Robert De Niro is playing really himself in four different framing narratives. W- one being when he was 30-ish, I guess. I think he's one 35, he- yeah. Yeah, so one when he was in his mid-30s, one when he was in his, I guess, 50s, one when he was in his, I guess, 60s, 70s, and then, of course, um, the main overall narrative when he's old in the the nursing home, like, telling his story. And uh, the one thing that I want to focus on is this, is that when you watch a movie or a TV show, you suspend belief, right? So my suspension of disbelief for this movie to see Robert De Niro, who in real life is, what, 75 Playing, about, a 30, yeah. playing a 35-year-old, that to me, that was so comical that I couldn't get past it. Um, for example, when he was 35, there was a fight scene. The guy literally can't move. It was so it was so comical that literally I walked into a party, as we were saying on the last episode, sometimes you go for a hangout or something and someone's watching a funny clip to get everyone laughing, and they were watching this scene from... Uh, the Irishman to laugh and kind of, you know, start the night off with a, with a smile. So that's how comically bad it was. So, you know, uh, and Rick, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to dominate the, the entire combo review, but honestly for, for me, and I, I would love to hear how you react because you feel strongly about it too, is I feel like the ages of the, of the cast, especially when they were trying to portray younger people and the, the runtime were really my two, um, big plot holes or not plot holes. Those are the two main factors to me, not loving the movie. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. You messaged, uh, you, you mentioned the runtime, um, because, uh, I saw that that was a big complaint with a lot of people. Um, they thought it was too long. 
So before I had watched it, I actually saw on some Snapchat story somewhere in the Snapchat mm-hmm. app um, on a way to break the movie into almost a four episode mm-hmm. miniseries. Mm. So I actually, rather than sitting and watching it in one three and a half hour clip, I actually watched it in four separate sittings, like it was okay. a mini series. And I actually feel that that enhanced my experience a little bit. I think I enjoyed it more because I, I watched it that way. Mm. Um, I don't, I don't know, obviously if that's, if I would have been liked it any more or less had I sat down and watched it all in one shot, but I watched it in four separate sittings and I have, I have a screenshot of the, places in the movie you can uh stop and then start watching again so we'll post hmm. that on our twitter as well if if people yeah. haven't seen it want to watch it in in, in increments um, i think i might rewatch and do it that way because that that sounds uh a lot more enjoyable i i really actually liked watching it that way so i can't complain about the length uh because of that um now as for the de-aging and Robert De Niro, I, I'm so with you, dude. I, I couldn't get over it, man. It was, it's so bad. It was so difficult. I know a lot of people were like, oh, I watched it for a scene or two and then it didn't bother me. I couldn't stop thinking about it. There, there was a scene and you, you, that you did just mention where like he, he beats a guy up, but like, he's so like stiff and like an old man that mm-hmm. like in real life, you would have to think that you know, the Irishman Frank Sheeran is this really intimidating, you know, guy you don't mess with. But like, mm-hmm. I'm telling you, if I see like a, like a guy who's like walking and coming at me, like Robert De Niro in his mid seventies, like I'm not scared, <laughs> you know? So yeah, it's, it's hard to, to really get past that. I thought what they could have done. I, I, this is going to be a hot take and people aren't going to like this. I would not have cast Robert De Niro in the film. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have rather them gone with someone younger. It's yeah. a Mar- it's a Martin Scorsese film, so anybody he wants, he can get. No one's going to say no to him. Yeah. Um, so if they even wanted to do one of two things and um, have De Niro play the nursing home version of himself, mm-hmm. or if they wanted to use like aging CGI, like how they did with Chris Evans in Avengers. Remember oh, he yeah. sit on the bench and he's like, no. No, I don't think I will. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like if they wanted to age someone who was younger, I I, I thought that would have made more sense. Oh, absolutely. Um, or even use some of that CGI to make him look younger. It kind of just looked like they they slapped brown paint on his hair. He still looked like he was 75. And I remember it being extremely noticeable when um there was a scene where he meets Joe Pesci's character for the first time and he called him kid. That I just oh, I lost it at that point. He was yeah. like, guy, like, yeah, keep going, kid. I was like Kid, this guy's clearly 75. Like, it's not well, – I'm sorry, but we're not in the 60s anymore where it's, you know, whatever hair and makeup could do, and that's that's what, what you get. Uh, I mean, we live in the digital age. You can CGI it to even make him look like a himself when he was young because we have a ton of film of him when he was that age. Exactly, yeah. Now, I'm, I'm with you. So I, saw, I, I didn't like that. You did bring up Joe Pesci. I thought he was awesome. I think he was the best oh, player yeah. of the movie. I think he – it was fantastic. He was – probably the best actor out of everyone. Uh, I mm-hmm. thought every scene he was in was just killer. A home run. Yeah. You, you, um, you know who uh, you know who I loved in the movie? Uh, Ray Romano as the uh, attorney. Yeah, yeah. He was actually <laughs> fantastic in it. Yeah, yeah. He actually was really good too. Um, one thing that I – it wasn't a big deal, but I thought it was kind of funny 
that they had Robert De Niro, one of the most Italian guys in Hollywood, play the yeah. Irishman. I mean. <laughs> yeah, there's um, definitely a lot of questions to, to be had about, you know, the, the specific casting of it. And yeah, I, I guess I, I wonder if even, you know, the filmmakers know that it was such a risk to kind of go for someone who was so old, <laughs> for lack of a better word. Like, you, you know, especially... Rick, uh, I mean, I, I'm sure that you have more specific times than I do, just thinking about it from memory. But the majority of the movie, he was in his 30s and in his 50s. And the guy is clearly 25 years older than even like the lowest threshold of that. So just watching, you know, and of course, it's a long movie. So watching two plus hours of De Niro trying to be 25 or more years younger, to me, was just it, it took away from the movie so much. Yeah, I'm with you now. A Aside from the runtime that we just talked about and, and De Niro and the de-aging, um, I didn't feel like a lot happened that really gripped me. I didn't feel like it was very suspenseful. Um, I know the main like protagonist of the movie is Frank Sheeran, but like I didn't really have much sympathy for him or care for him that much, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um I felt like a lot of the movie was just a bunch of old people sitting around talking. Yes. That's a great, great description of what happened. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But like in a lot of like the classic, like mobster movies and gangster movies, the hits and like the murders and stuff are some of like the best parts. Mm -hmm. And I don't think, I don't think this is a spoiler. So I'm I'm just going to say it like, Almost aside from aside from the main hit, and we're not going to spoil that. Although I think everyone kind of knows what it is. Yeah. Aside from the main hit, um, all the hits are just like people just walking up to a guy on the sidewalk, shooting him in the head, and walking away. Like there's no like build up. <laughs> there's no um, suspense. Yep. It's just like you need to. It's like you need to take care of this guy. And like, then he's just like, he walks up to him in the sidewalk, shoots him in the face and he walks away. And it happens a couple times. Like, it's, yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? If there's, there's no, um, there's no buildup. You don't ever get a chance to like feel happy or sad about almost any of the events mm-hmm. I felt. The, the, um, the, I, the thing is that, that you're, you're hitting on is that these side characters, like they don't build them enough for you to care mm-hmm. about that the fact that they died. And you know, I, I thought that you really n- knocked it out of the park. You know, the character of Frank Sheeran, who was the main character, I don't I, he didn't convey a lot of emotion, if any, about any particular topic. And then um, about an hour into the movie, you meet pretty much arguably the main character, which would be Jimmy Hoffa, mm-hmm. who is a real life person. Uh, or was a real life person. And that was, um, you know, I thought that was kind of interesting. I remember taking a note of the runtime because it was about an hour into the movie. And then you meet the the guy that the movie's pretty much about um, it. Without that, you're pretty much just being a voyeur in Frank's life. And it's really not compelling enough to have 60 whole minutes of him just doing random things. Rick, like you said, like shooting random people and having Robert De Niro struggle through trying to beat up guys. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. Like, I want to say 75 per 80% of the movie, Robert De Niro is just like sitting at a table with like higher ups, or he's like standing to the side in a room of higher ups, just mm-hmm. kind of like listening to what they have to say. 
and he's just kind of like nodding his head going mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he's like he never like tries to take sides he's he's kind of like uh i don't want to say like a, a a peacekeeper but he's like he's a neutral character in a lot of scenes yeah. you know and um he he does like he doesn't convey a, a lot of emotion he's a pretty stoic uh character mm-hmm. so and that kind of bothers me too with a lot of the de niro like oscar talk because and people are maybe gonna hate, hate me for this too i don't really think it was a difficult role yeah no you know I, I, mean? I i completely agree with that yeah i don't i don't think i'm not saying like anybody could have done it but like it i there's plenty of people who could have just kind of, you know, sat at a table, nod their head. Like a lot <laughs> of the time he's doing something, he's on screen as like a middleman giving messages from one higher up to another higher up. He's like, you know, this guy said this, and that, uh, he's not going to want to hear that back, you know? And it's, <laughs> so it's, it's a little, it's a little, a little underwhelming. I will say though, because I know we've mm-hmm. been kind of um, bad mouthing the movie and yeah. I, I don't think either, because neither of us disliked it. No. Um, I, I thought it was okay. Uh, I, I think this is a, a perfect natural segue into, Rick, what, what would your rating of this movie be? And then also, I, I'm always going to ask this too. Would you recommend it to people? I think we kind of covered that off the jump, mainly because you know it, it's so new and popular that everyone is pretty much watching it. So um, I think that I, collectively our answer to that is um, I would recommend watching it just because it is – so popular and everyone that you know has probably seen it or at, at least know someone who has seen it. But Rick, uh, what would your rating of this be? I put some thought into this and I know a lot of people are super high on this and no one wants to be the person who doesn't give a great review to a Martin Scorsese film with Pacino, De Niro and Pesci in it. You know, you mm-hmm. have like these, legends of, of the silver screen with this legendary actor. And I think a lot of people are scared to give it even just a mediocre review. Okay. You know what oh, I mean? I'm excited now. Yeah, um, definitely. Honestly, I'm, I'm giving it a six. Okay. I, that, that's I, that's I like it. right in line. Yeah. Yeah. I liked it. I liked it. Definitely did not love it. Um, I know I said that I had a lot of complaints about it, but that was more to, temper expectations for anyone else that sees it um it, it's a good movie guys it is it's a good movie but it's not great so i, I for mm-hmm. the people that are saying this is like the best scorsese mobster movie ever <laughs> pump the brakes yeah i i completely agree with you there um rick i think i i shaded a hair over just because uh, i think you hit it that a lot of people are afraid of backlash when they when they do give a you know a subpar rating to um, such a, a a film with so much gravitas, so to speak, um, I, I gave it a six and a half, uh, mainly because I think that it did do a good job of world building. That at sometimes, if you can get past, and this is a big qualifier, if you could get past, you know, some of the ages, the settings, and the um, the people involved in it. And also the real life, you know, implications that were that were of, you know, Jimmy Hoffa and the Teamsters. That's an interesting story. And it was a little bit even more interesting because, it, you know, f- parts of it were real. So I think having that real life connection, I, I'm shading it uh, slightly higher. So I'm my official rating, six and a half. Rick's official rating is a six. Uh, tell us what you think, guys. Um, you know, based on this, let's see um, what our, our fans like to say. 
Yeah, yeah, we definitely would love to love to hear from you. I I thought about a six and a half, but I kind of didn't want to go with a point five rating after a, a point five rating in my first episode. But yep. um, yeah, six six and a half. I, that's kind of what I feel because I I think a lot of times too, um, people use like seven as like the the middle of the road score. Yeah. And for us, I mean, we're using five. I think a lot of times people hear five and they think it's bad. No. Yep. Five is like okay, like, and we're no, I agree. Um, I would actually almost argue that like a three or a four isn't necessarily like terrible. Like I, I could enjoy yeah. like certain things that are threes or fours, mainly because you know sometimes it could be so bad it's good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so I know it sounds like we're hating on it, but but we're not. Now, um, second movie. This is our second uh, review of the episode mm-hmm. that we're that we're talking about. Another movie that just came out on Netflix is marriage story. Um, yep. Up until we, like we got a text from our friends about a couple of guys who saw it and I had known like nothing about this. And I gotta say two or three of our friends like really liked this. Yeah. I, and, I'm, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit um, questioning, you know, what, what was there to like so much? I mean, Rick, and, you know, I hate to be the, the wet towel on everything, but I, I think that maybe it was the topic. Um, the topic didn't resonate with me at all. And, of course, you know, and the one thing I wrote in my notes while I was watching that I thought was a, a funny zinger, so I'm going to display it for you guys now, is instead of being called Marriage Story, it should have been called Divorce Story because that's what it was. It was literally about it, – it's a very sensitive topic for some um, I am personally not a child of divorce. I don't mm-hmm. actually know a lot of people that have gotten divorced. I know it's a very real thing and it could definitely ruin lives. But at the same time, it was, and Rick, uh, again, just right from my notes, I just wrote, you know, it's about two shitty people going through a shitty thing. Uh, I, I don't I don't really see a, much of a an appeal. I, I, I'm, I'm going to have to pick that up with uh, some of our friends who uh, definitely suggested it. Yeah, I, I want to talk to our friends who really like this a lot too, and see more about what they had to say about it. Um, uh, I have some pretty strong opinions about this this movie as well because um, I'm with you for the most part. I pretty much agree with you. Um, this isn't a movie I would typically watch or turn on for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, it's this isn't like my kind of thing. Um, but because we do this podcast and we have friends that watch it and it's, it's popular, highly praised, like we kind of have a job to do. And so we, oh, yeah. we watched it and I went into it, um, with some pretty high expectations. I actually thought that I was really going to enjoy it. Um, because of yes, the critic reviews were high. Uh, it got high praise from our friends and also, um, I've recently, fairly, fairly recently, uh, gone through a breakup of my own. So mm-hmm. while it's not on the magnitude of a divorce, um, yeah. it did kind of, I guess, come at a good time for me where I thought it might be a little bit relatable. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I wasn't married with a child, but I did uh, go through the end of a relationship. So I'm like, you know, this, yeah, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm open to it. Let's do it. And, um, one of the, one of the things, I think the main thing that really bothered me with this movie is that while I think Scarlett Johansson 
and Adam Driver, who I actually don't really like that much. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they both individually did a great job. Yeah, I agree. The acting was uh, they. Uh, you know what is one thing that that I kind of thought of is they both were. I could feel that they were trying, and uh, you know sometimes that's a little bit negative that they could be trying too hard. But I definitely you know there's no complaints with the acting performances. They really gave everything for it. Yeah, I, I thought the acting was was fantastic. Um, but at the same time, what really bothered me too is, and I don't know how you feel about this, Dean. Mm-hmm. It, I wanted so badly to like f- feel bad about this divorce and like relationship coming to an end. Like I wanted to like feel like it, it was people I loved that were getting divorced or something. Yep. And I just felt no emotion for this because I never felt or got the sense that these two characters like ever loved each other at any point. Yeah, no, that's a that's a very interesting thing that you brought up because the movie starts with them in l- marriage counseling like talking about how they're going to get divorced where I think that maybe if they could have taken um you know something off of the middle it kind of dragged a little bit maybe they would have taken something off of there and kind of took some time to build the narrative of these people, you know, kind of hitting it off, having the sparks flying that would, um, you know, tie some of the audience to these two people. Whereas instead they just kind of mentioned how they met and how great it was. But I think maybe like a quick, you know, five, 10 minutes about, you know, maybe just a quick scene of them like hitting it off and making eyes at each other. And then um, almost like a, I don't want to say montage, but almost like a montage of their life beforehand and like showing all the good times. And then, having this go. Cause then, you know, I kind of felt the same way too. I didn't really care one way or another. Yeah. I, if they could have maybe had some sort of flashback or intermittent flashbacks to like their love life uh, throughout the movie, or maybe if they had some sort of scene in the movie where like they go out to dinner and like a play or something to try and rekindle the spark, but it, it doesn't work. And you, you see them mm-hmm. like, trying to make things work like i never and and even hearing their arguments like about each other how they don't like each other Mm -hmm. i never got the sense that this beautiful love was lost it was more just like they kind of were a flame back in the day and ended up getting married had a kid and just like lived like a like a sham of a marriage type life and then just decided one day to get divorced yeah, and you know that, that's actually a great point that you brought up too. Is I I did notice that um, Adam Driver's uh, character's name was Charlie. That th- this character Charlie never once was saying like, "No, I love you," like come back, like and was like fighting for her. It was more like he was fighting for an easier divorce process. So yes. really, the movie in, in essence boils down to is just two people wanting to have a smooth divorce. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. even like that. These people were like, "Oh, should we get a divorce? Should we contemplate it? What about our son?" They were more like, "No, no, we're getting divorced, and we want to have it go smoothly." It was, um, yeah, it was an interesting approach to it because right? you know, if if you've never seen it, you know, you could you could be hearing that you know it's a movie about divorce. You could think, "Oh, there's so many underlying um, you know emotions that go in with it," and um, you know, unre- unrequited love where someone is trying to win the other person back. No, it was nothing like that. It felt like. A business transaction almost. It, yeah. 
Yeah, I agree with you. And I don't, I don't know if you noticed this or felt this way, mm-hmm. but through um, most of like the first like half of the movie, mm-hmm. it kind of felt to me at least that they were trying to portray Adam Driver's character as like a sympathetic character, as he's almost like the good guy in the relationship. Yep. Because if you see. Like a lot of the time he's just like, yeah, let's just make it easy. No lawyers. It'll be clean or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I don't, I don't think this is a spoiler, but what happens is um, uh, Scarlett Johansson receives legal help and it progressively gets uglier and mm-hmm. you start to, f- to feel, I felt at least like she's, she's like being really sly and she's going to take this guy to the cleaners. And he has oh, doesn't yeah. see it coming. So and I'm like, I'm like feeling bad for him. And then like minor spoiler alert. I think it just has to be said like in passing, like it's almost like, like they're just like, Oh, and Charlie had a, had an affair. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't make it. They didn't make that aspect of it front and center. They just kind of mentioned it. Whereas, you know, in, in, and not to say that I'm a better filmmaker than whoever, you know, made this, but, you know, if they would have set it up with, you know, maybe like a montage of them falling for each other and then showing some mm-hmm. of the infidelity, that would probably be powerful. But no, exactly like yes. what you said, they, they just kind of mentioned, oh, yeah, and then you had an affair. And he's like, yeah, I haven't once. And yeah, I would have. Yeah, I would have absolutely rather them made the affair a bigger deal or not have the affair at all. And then I could like feel more sympathy for this, this guy who, you know, where things didn't, nobody did anything wrong in a relationship, but then the flame just died out. I think that's something that a lot of people Mm -hmm. can really relate to, but then this affair comes out and you're just like, you're like, both these people are just crappy people. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? And, um, I will say though, I, I actually saw the, the main fight scene on Instagram, it got a little spoiled for me on Instagram before we saw the movie, the main fight scene between these two at Charlie's apartment mm-hmm. is, is fantastic. It, it's it's oh, very yeah. good. It, it is easily the highlight of the movie. Um, you know, you, you almost kind of feel like you're in the room with these two, like Jesus, like, Oh my, this is, it was, incredible. it was very, it was very heavy. It was heavy. It was powerful. It's, um, Mm -hmm. I'm sure some of the things they said were pretty harsh, but at least I think a lot of times, whether we like to admit it or not, we've been in harsh conversations with people that we care about. Mm -hmm. And it it was a very relatable moment. And, um, you know, whenever you go through a a, a nasty breakup, you do say things that you know, are mm-hmm. mean, but kind of rooted in truth. And you, you don't want to say, but you do because you're angry. And yep. that, that was easily the strongest uh, part of the movie. Mm-hmm. But I think if that scene either hadn't happened or hadn't been done as well as it was, mm-hmm. um, my feelings about the movie would be pretty different. Yeah. Definitely. And and that was very powerful. And, you know, we, we kind of started off by uh, taking a dump on it saying, you know, that we didn't feel very connected to the people, you know, now and thinking some of the conversations, um, I actually did 
you know, reflect on past relationships and think like, oh, wow. Like, um, and, and that was definitely the, the main uh, catalyst for that, that that was a pretty intense thing. But, you know, with with respect to the to the other side, pretty much of it being not that good is that that, you know, five minutes is basically all you need because they just both summarize, you know, how they feel and what they what they're thinking about. And that was a lot easier to digest than, you know, the preceding hour and 40 minutes mm-hmm. that it took to get there. So um, that that's kind of my one criticism that that, that fight kind of summed it all up. Um, but then, you know, maybe to get there was so rocky that it may not even be worth it to see that. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. I think, I think if they were to have more emotion early on, mm-hmm. um, that really would have helped. Like just neither seemed heartbroken. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's, you're getting divorced. They neither seem as like, like divorce aside from like a death in your family or, or, or something. I mean, mm-hmm. there's, there's a couple of things like divorce is one of the worst things that could ever like happen to someone. Oh Yeah. You know, aside from like, you know, like illness and death and things like that. But like, and they, they were just like, you know. Yeah. They're like, whatever. It already happened. Yeah. Let's just wrap it up now. But uh, Rick, actually, I, I wanted to mention this one part too, because um, it was, it kind of felt like a humble flex mm-hmm. almost, but it, and you know, you were saying that you're not an Adam driver fan. Um, I'm neutral. I don't really care one way or another, but um, at the end, after, you know, he has, you know, this big, you know, argument with his ex-wife and they kind of cleared the air on everything he goes to a bar and adam driver sings for two and a half minutes three minutes uh, mm-hmm. a full ass song um not gonna lie he was, he's a good singer maybe that was a favor that the director did for him maybe he's like hey i want people to know that i'm a good singer but i do remember thinking like i, I was you know watching the movie and i was like all right wow cool he could sing and then it lasted for the entire song and i was like you know, I, I get it. You're trying to to drive the point. And this is something, too, that I wanted to kind of mention is that this genre is, you know, I'd call it what a dramedy or maybe even just a drama. Yeah, I, wasn't you brought it up. I got a, I got a point on that actually after. But go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so I, I think you and I, Rick, like like we said, and the audience knows what our tastes are. I think that this drama is kind of lost on us with some of the nuances of, you know, the emotion. And I, I think like, you know, the singing scene, I was thinking about it as, well, this is a little bit silly. Like, wrap it up, Adam. Like, let's go. Like, I got mm-hmm. stuff to do. But meanwhile, if you are, you know, someone who is maybe interested in theater and is interested in drama, and then, you know, you went on this emotional roller coaster with, with them, and then you hear a very emotional singing performance at the end, I could see that being like the crescendo to the whole thing. So uh, honestly, I'm not going to say that it was necessarily bad. It might not, I think more accurately, it is not a right fit for us. And I, sadly, it took till the last five minutes for me to realize that I was like, you know what, this is... um you know, I, I didn't hate the, the two hours that I spent watching it, but um, that that final scene was a little bit of a, a, a stark reminder that maybe this movie isn't for me. Yeah, and obviously, like, there's there's nothing wrong with that. And I think that's the, the main purpose of why we're doing this podcast is because mm-hmm. um, there's so much content out there, movies and shows that um, uh, most of the stuff isn't, for a broad general audience anymore a lot of times they mm-hmm. do make content for specific groups of people like so yeah marriage story it it wasn't made for us 
and mm-hmm. we're not going to pretend it was. So I'm with you, like the the singing scene at the bar. Yeah, like I I didn't care for it. I could have been without it. Um, we have a friend who I think majored in English, minored in theater. I hope he's listening. Yeah. It'd be nice if he is. Um, who I bet he probably loved the scene. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. He probably yeah. really enjoyed it. Um, so that's just, we're trying to give a little, as much input as we can. One thing I will say though, like we didn't like the the singing scene. There is a scene and it, it's, I think I liked it just as much, if not more than the main, the main fight scene is, mm. is at near the very, very end mm-hmm. when he's sitting on the bed and he's reading the letter with his son. Oh Yeah. I thought that was fantastic. Like that was, that was just as emotional, if not more emotional for me mm-hmm. um, than the main fight scene. And if I could have gotten more emotion like that, I think early on, mm-hmm. um, I would have liked it. But uh, again, not a, not a, not a bad movie, um, yeah. but not for us. Uh, definitely, definitely for, I think uh, an older crowd. Yeah. Um, and maybe. Yeah. And, and definitely, if your interests are in like a few, definitely, if your interests are in theater and in drama, or if you just like dramas in general, um, you know, the, and Rick, I, I think that this is a great time to get our ratings together. I'm actually going to give this one a five out of 10. I don't want to be a cop out. I think I've given it three ratings on the show. One was a five, one was a six and a half, and one was a five. Um, trust me, guys, I'm going to feel stronger about different things. But yeah, this one, this is one that. You know, I, I understand. And actually, believe it or not, I can appreciate a good drama uh, just because it's not something that I watch primarily. It doesn't mean that I, I don't know a good one when I see one. But this wasn't a great one. This was very middle of the road. Um, I thought that they 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 did a good job with they, they did a great job with acting and casting. Everything was spot on. But I just think in general, like we were saying, the emotion of the movie just didn't reach the heights. It, it's almost like one of those things where like, Rick, what, what would you why would anyone recommend this to anyone else? Like, I can't even say if you need a good cry, watch this movie because nothing really happened. It was more of like a transaction. So I think um, it wasn't thought provoking. It wasn't sad. It wasn't funny. It wasn't scary. So um, yeah, it was just kind of there. That being said, I didn't hate my time. That's why I'm not giving it lower than a five. Um, You know, I didn't think, Hey, this is time. I wish I had back. Um, it was just a, the TV was on and I was watching intently and then it ended. And then I was like, okay, on to the next thing that I have to do in my life. So that is a five out of 10 for me. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty with pretty much with you on this. Yeah. Like it's, I heard from a lot of people that it's very emotional and I, the emotion didn't make its way from the TV to me. Um, this is going to sound super rough, but it, it, it almost, here for it. yeah, it almost in a sense, because of the lack of emotion I found and you, you, like you said, a business transaction, I mean, it almost was like a documentary on someone's divorce mm-hmm. than, than like a, this great performance. And, um, oh, yeah. I know, I know you and I are vastly different than uh, a lot of like the critics and honestly if we were the same of the critics we wouldn't even make the podcast and there'd be no point in listening to us you could just google shit and you can hear, <laughs> hear it from them but mm-hmm. we're we are men of the people yep. <laughs> and we well, i think it's important that you um get the everyman review as well um my review I'm, I'm hovering around what you're saying um hmm 
I think I'm going to give it a six as well, same as as my mm-hmm. Irishman review. Okay. Um, there, it's like it's 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 good, but it's it's again, it's not great. You know, I like again, this is similar to Irishman for me in that, like, I'm not telling people to go watch it, but yeah, because it is a uh, an Oscar contender. Um, Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson do excellent acting jobs. Um, so, I mean, there is, there is some positives to take away from it. Um, but it's, it's, it, it's like you said, there's, there's no joy. It's the, the sadness isn't there. It's, it's a, it's a divorce. So it's not a date night movie. You know what I mean? So <laughs> That'd be one interesting date night. Yeah. It, it really is one of those things where it's like, you know, what What really brings people to this other than, you know, how is this movie going to hold up in, in time? You know, right now it's new and Netflix is kind of pushing it. It's on the trending area. But when it's not trending and it's, you know, in a, its DVD case in the back of like a, you know, a library or, you know, v- v- maybe a very dated reference when it's just sitting in like your, your Netflix queue. Like, why would someone in 10 years watch this movie? It's, it, there's nothing really um, dis- that descriptive about it. So I think, Rick, I think we're, we're pretty much aligned on this episode um, with the, the fives and the sixes. And, of course, um, we're going to continue to review some of these movies. And I know for a fact that that I'm going to give out ones, maybe even zeros. I don't think I've ever given anything a zero, but maybe some halves. And then, of course, we're going to have the tens and the nines and all that, too. Mm-hmm. So just uh, stick with it. All right. So those are our two main reviews. Um, and I think it's good that we ended off at least with our second of the main reviews with Marriage Story, which had Adam Driver in it. And something else that Adam Driver is also in is the new mm-hmm. Star Wars movie that's coming out, Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. Oh, yeah. So, so Rick, um, I know that you're you're probably a bigger Star Wars guy than I am. Um, I, you know, watched the, the original. It, it's so confusing now because the episodes, as everyone knows, or if you don't, I'm about to tell you, um, episodes four, five, and six came out in the 70s. Uh, or maybe six was like 1980, like right on the head. Anyway, um, mm-hmm. and then of course episodes one, two, and three came out when we were young. I want to say like 2005, 2006 in that area. Um, and I have some strong opinions about Star Wars in itself. And basically, I'm just going to summarize it because I, I I know that we're you know running on time as well. But yeah. um, my thing about Star Wars is this: is that they are it is such an expansive universe it, almost in spite of George Lucas. I don't think George Lucas is a very good filmmaker. Um, none of the movies are extremely compelling, but the world, there's something there. It's so uh, vast and it feels real. You know, it's mm-hmm. almost something that, that I give, I give the qualifier of, of that to like game of Thrones. Like, you know, it's so immersive that you could think like Winterfell's a real place or like Naboo's a real place using Star Wars words. So I actually love the Star Wars universe, but hate that. Well, not hate, but I actually don't really enjoy so much of the main narrative. So anytime that there's a side narrative going on, that's something that I really love. Like um, the video games, uh, Knights of the Old Republic, um, Mandalorian, I've been watching which I, I absolutely love so far. Even Rogue One, I, I really liked, which of course was a, a Star Wars, but it was a movie set in the Star Wars universe. So those are all really great. But as far as Rise of Sky, Skywalker goes, you know, I really do like to 
um, almost fantasy book a little bit, like it, like it were to be a wrestling match about what's going to happen in the movie. And I think that some of our giveaways, and of course, um, no spoilers, if you're listening to this, after the movie comes out, we may be dead wrong. And of course, like I, when we always say you're getting it from the everyman, I am the hardcore everyman when it comes to Star Wars. I'm not a huge fan. I'm not really up on all the lore, but here's what I think is going to happen. And I want you to react and tell me if that, if this sounds right. But as we know, the trailer has Ray doing like a bunch of stuff. She's basically a fully realized Jedi now. Um, and at the end, you hear um, Palpatine's voice, who of course is the main bad guy consistently from episode one through six. So this emperor is talking, uh, you know, and that leads me to believe Ray, who is this person? Where did she come from? Um, maybe there's some kind of lineage to the emperor. Um, the more specifically, the title I think is giving it all away. Um, the last Skywalker or rise of Skywalker, Rick, who's the only Skywalker in the movie alive uh, or who has Skywalker blood. And that is Kylo Ren played by Adam Driver, who is the bad guy. I think that this movie is going to be about him turning good and maybe Ray turning bad. I think that'd be really cool. And then this has the potential to be the best Star Wars movie ever made if that happens, because that's very compelling. So, Rick, what do you think? Did I make any sense or is this all just garbage? I got to tell you, I, you know, I, you did make sense. And I'm someone who does I hate spoilers, so I don't read like even like the theories about like Star Wars and stuff. I don't mm-hmm. want to spoil anything. And I gotta tell you what what you just said has made me even more excited to watch the movie than I was before. <laughs> like I'm I'm super. I bought my tickets already for the movie. Nice. I'm super excited to see it. Um, I'm actually going to be rooting for Kylo Ren to do the face turn <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, and be the be the rise of the skywalker because i think everybody thinks that ray is luke skywalker's daughter mm-hmm. um so that she'll end up being the hero but i think it'd be it'd be so cool if kylo ren like is like the bad mm-hmm. guy and uh very similar to how darth vader before his death became a good guy um and uh if, if Kylo Ren could become the good guy, that'd be, that'd be great because I know, and I've heard this multiple times that um, episodes four five and six, the original trilogy, mm-hmm. um, they mirrored episodes one, two, and three in like the mm-hmm. format and things. And that episodes seven, eight, and nine are mirroring that as well. They all have like the same kind of like story arc and form. So, okay. so I never really thought about it, but I could totally see Kylo Ren uh, either becoming the good guy or, you know, sacrificing himself as like his last good deed before he, you know, dies, you know, redemption, things like that. Um, But super excited yet. Made total sense. Can't (laughs) wait. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And and this is one um, that I am definitely really excited to see. Uh, this might be one that I actually have to see in the theaters. Um, the other two I, I did not uh, because, like I mentioned off the top, don't go to the movies very often. But this is one that, like, uh, I, I love that that you mentioned that you don't want to hear any kind of spoilers because I'm the same exact way. So, of course, my theory is just straight up. I just watched the preview. I watched, um, you know, a little bit of The Last Jedi again um, to kind of get, you know, brushed up on some of the things. And yeah, looking forward to it. And of course, I can't wait to see how it's received by us in the public. But Rick, um, as we were saying about great 
Star Wars world building shows. Uh, the Mandalorian, have you been watching? Uh, do you like it? Like, what do you think? Uh, I absolutely watch The Mandalorian. Um, I love it. Mm-hmm. And I said to you before this, though, um, I am a little like like nervous, though, about the show. Mm-hmm. Um, because it seems like the a storyline isn't really moving or going anywhere right now. Yeah. It kind of has this feel of like similar to something like law and order, you know how like law and order is just like every episode is just like a different, like criminal case. Yeah. It's like just a different activity that they do. Yeah. But they're not actually progressing it. Yeah. Mandalorian, like the past like couple episodes, it's like he, he goes to a planet or something. He does a job, he gets money. He moves on. Does a job, he gets money, he moves on. Yeah. And the last episode, while it while he just like goes to like a planet or a or, or an airbase, does a job and gets money and moves on. It I that was maybe my favorite episode. It was actually really good. Okay. Um, but I I I I want more from the A storyline. I want to see like mm-hmm. what's what's going on with Baby Yoda. What's happening? Like right now, he's kind of. <laughs> He's beautiful. He's he's cute, and everybody loves him. He's like he's like mm-hmm. the number one star in the world right now. Yes, but he's kind of just like a prop right now. I want to know what's going on. Yeah, and th- that's what um kind of actually like roped me into it because um at, as you know or now you will listeners uh, I'm not a huge Disney fan. Like I've seen the Disney movies and all that. I mean, we were recently in Orlando, Florida, and I, literally if we didn't go to Disney parks at all, I would be just just fine with that. Um, so when Disney plus launched and of course land Mandalorian is only streaming on Disney plus when it, when it launched, I was thinking like, Oh, you know, I w- I'm never going to need to see this, but then I heard about the Mandalorian and then I actually saw, um, and it, it is a little bit of a spoiler, but it's, it's so viral that, um, I'm sure we're not the first people spoiling it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you see the baby Yoda and I was like, wait, there's a baby like of that species. And of course, baby Yoda is, um, technically to be a nerd, uh, incorrect because the actual Yoda, this takes place after episode six um, and before uh, the new saga that started up, it, which would be episode seven. Um, so this is actually someone from Yoda's species, not actually you mm-hmm. know the Yoda that we know. So it's actually so cool because we don't know anything about the species. It's very mystical and um, I, I'm really excited for them to kind of explain more. So seeing that, that kind of drew, drew me. I went and signed up for Disney Plus right then and there. And started watching, and it's been it's been fantastic. Um, l- like you said, Rick, Baby Yoda is the star of, star of the world right now. Um, girls love him. My, specifically, my girlfriend Lexi loves Baby Yoda. We watch it all all the time, and um, yeah, it's been a really good show. But I, I I think I share the same apprehension as you do. It kind of just feels like they're doing regular tasks right now, and I kind of want to see them progress a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, uh, totally with you. Um... For the Mandalorian, though, too, for anyone who hasn't seen it, um, I'm a big Star Wars fan, and I love it. See, Dean isn't a big Star Star Wars fan, and he also likes it. So this is definitely a show for any non-Star Wars fans out there. If you you don't really like Star Wars, unless you just think Star Wars is stupid, um, definitely (laughs) give this show a watch. Like, it's it's like 25, it's like 30 minutes an episode – I think there are a couple 40 minute episodes, but it's not really that long. You you might be like the only person who's not watching this thing. So just check it out. It's, it's definitely worth a watch. Honestly, like 
I think they came out with six episodes already. You could probably you could watch the first episodes with a free trial and cancel on you. It's no big deal. Oh yeah. But um, yeah, Mandalorian can't wait. Um, that's our that's our our minor uh, update. We're gonna try and have a little Mandalorian mm-hmm. update in our next couple episodes at the end. So. Yeah, and then and then also who knows if we if we both um somehow find the time this weekend to end up getting to the movie theater to see uh, Rise of Skywalker. Maybe we'll give you a little uh, mini emergency episode on that um you know i I got a pretty loaded end of the year so um we'll see but rick of course if you want to give the people something maybe yeah maybe we could release something on twitter or instagram of course we will read those off once we have them we do have a twitter but it's under maintenance right now so it's not really ready for for you guys to to see it yet but uh really can't wait to interact with all of you about some of the stuff because you know like like we always mention we we just want to give you guys what you need. Um, the show's for you. It's not for us. Yeah, absolutely. So give us any any feedback, criticisms, uh, anything that you think could help or that you'd like to hear. Please come to us because uh, it, it's really going to be you guys end, that ends up driving the show. Um, we're going to have that Twitter up and running soon. Uh, we're going to be posting our ratings, uh, pictures, links, uh, anything that has to do with the show, we'll we'll post it for you guys to see. Um, I I know we we went a little long on this podcast, Dean, uh, longer than we had anticipated, and we're, we did. We're we're gonna hopefully for uh, episode three, gonna cut down on this. So guys, if you've made it this far in the episode, uh, thank you so much because it really does mean a lot. And we're gonna I think our ideally keep our episodes to about between 40 and 60 minutes from now on. So if we ran a little long, guys, sorry, we're, we're going to mm-hmm. get better. Every episode, we're going to get better. <laughs> um, but we're going to close out with the show now um, because we were just talking about Twitter and we're going to post this question to Twitter. And this is going to be the question that we open with on our next episode. So we're going to leave you guys with this. Um, what is the most overrated movie or TV show? in your guys' opinion, or if you want to word it a little differently, um, is there any really popular movie or TV show that maybe you don't even think is overrated or you don't like or think is that good, but you just don't like it? See, like mm-hmm. like Dean, for example, just like he's he doesn't really like Star Wars. <laughs> you know, he likes The mm-hmm. Mandalorian, but like the, the movie series is like it's not for him. So obviously oh, yeah. Star Wars, wildly popular. He's – He's not about it. Um, so give us your responses for movies, TV shows, honestly, anything really, if you want to just throw it out. Yeah. There. <laughs> you know, and then next week we'll give you ours. Yeah. We'll give you ours. We'll start off the show and uh, we'll, we'll see if there's any uh, responses on Twitter that we can also bring up and we'll, we'll discuss them ourselves, even see if we agree or disagree. Um, but Dean, you have anything else before we, uh, we call it? No, I think you, you summed it up nicely. Um, and like I was saying, yeah, we give you a lot of middle of the road things um, this week, but um, you know, of course, not all of them are going to be like that. There's a ton that we're passionate about, whether it's you know being a hater or uh, being a lover of it. And uh, Rick, you also mentioned too, we're going to get a little bit sharper on some of these episodes. Of course, um, you know, Rick's first time podcaster. I've been on a couple before, so um, we're just trying to figure out what works best for us. And of course, that's going to involve um, the release schedule. I, I I think we're only a week out from our first episode, so we're 
keeping pretty consistent. But of course, you know, at the time of recording, it's December of 2019. There are holidays coming up and um, specifically in our lives, there's a wedding coming up. And well, I actually have two coming up in a span of six days. So, um, you know, we may not be producing the content as rapidly as we want to, um, you know, moving forward, but that will improve around uh, 2020 and the start of that new year. So we're really going to hit the hit the ground running start of the new year. And, um, you know, when you're with us now, uh, hope that we are wetting your whistle a little bit for more to come. Absolutely, guys. Absolutely. We really appreciate you listening to us. We promise we're going to get better each and every time. Give us that feedback. Tell us how you feel. Hang with your bros. Love your hoes. And don't forget, watch those shows. 